0: If I have like back to back to back meetings. Whenever I have like meetings that are like there's like literally no buffer between my next meeting, what I'll do is I'll just be three minutes late to the next meeting. And like what I'll do is I'll use those three minutes to meditate or to be mindful.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to the data scientist show. Today we have Zach Wilson, tech lead and data engineer at Airbnb. In the last episode, we talked about his career journey and data engineering best practices. Today, we're going to talk about mental health, work life balance, and of course, the future of data engineering. So, you started your career when you were only 20 years old. Yeah. And then, I remember on LinkedIn, you talked about you always have the sense of urgency, always want to rush to the next level. And you also become a senior data engineer when Mm. you were, how how old were you? I was 24. 24. So how has this mindset uh, affect you?
0: Oh, it's... So that's a great question. It's it's nuanced for sure. Like, um I think a part of this is which is one of the things that I've been trying to like unravel, right? Which has been a tricky problem for me, is that like a part of it has just been that I am like a naturally ambitious person that I think that is a part of who I am, which I think is actually like the healthy part of this whole kind of sense of urgency, which I think is good but and this is something i touched on earlier around like uh which is the side that i've been trying to unwind to figure out like what's going on is when i've been equating productivity to worth right which is mm-hmm. a very dangerous thing to do yeah. right and like it can cause like you to like be like even excessively urgent and like i must do this i gotta do this like even if it like sacrifices my anxiety or i I become you know anxious or frustrated or like you know like whatever like i i I sacrifice some of my health to like do these things like that's not good right that's not like and you don't want to do those things you want to like like and so for me that's been a thing that i've been trying to like figure out especially over like the last year or two like that's actually a big thing that happened for me was like i was just like I knew I had this mindset and then, um, going, uh, in, in early 2020, I was like, I got to, I gotta, I gotta try something else. I gotta do something different. And like, I knew I needed just some time away from working at all, Mm -hmm. just to like really understand like and unwind these things. And that's why like, um, I I ended up quitting, uh, in early 2020 to like, just kind of travel the world to like figure this stuff out. Right. Because I wanted to make sure that like, I, this sense of urgency wasn't going to like, drive me to the ground right that I wasn't just gonna like literally work myself to death right that was something I was concerned about that I was definitely concerned about that for a while and so I think that like it's good the sense of urgency can be good uh in that like it can help you achieve goals right and that like being ambitious is good being uh you know and uh, that is good but you want to make sure that like you're taking care of yourself right and that like you are that you want to like be ambitious but also ask yourself am i happy like am i feeling good like am (laughs) i like how like and check in with yourself like really like feel into your body and like really like understand like what your body's trying to tell you right and be like okay yeah that that like whatever just happened there did not make me feel good or like you know different stuff like that like i think that that's like another thing that's super important is like really checking in with yourself. And that like that's how I've been kind of able to like unwind these two these two things that actually looked very similar. Like I'm ambitious, but I also equate my worth with productivity. Those two the behaviors behind those two ideas can look the same. Right. And that was the thing that was really tricky for me for a while. Right. And I was able to kind of unwind that now. And that's one of the reasons why I feel so so much better this year I mean it's been insane it's been mm-hmm. so good I've been feeling so like elevated so light so like uh because I've been able to like have that balance where like even I mean I'm I still feel like I'm a very ambitious person but I'm not I'm no longer equating my worth with productivity which is like it's just in some ways made me it's 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 helped me actually be more ambitious as well because it's helped me like not be so stuck not be so narrow focused right yeah. not but yeah uh, and be able to kind of like Oh, look around and see what else is going on that's one of the reasons why i do so many like random things like linkedin like i got a dog you know i like you know i still work at airbnb and i'm still productive and i crush it at my job as yeah. well but like i i'm also i'm thinking about things more broadly now right mm-hmm. as well not just like so focused on like i must code this line of i must code <laughs> these co- these lines of scala like my life depends on it right and right. which is it's weird. It's weird that like, that's how my life used to be. Like, it just, it's, it feels so foreign now. Mm-hmm. It feels so like, especially now that like, I, I've, I've kind of like changed my mindset. I'm like, yeah. wow. Like th- those years were weird. <laughs> and, uh, and so like, I think it, it's interesting though, because like, uh, in that, on the, I made a post that was about this kind of stuff. And like one of the themes that came up was like, is this something that I'm saying, like, you know, like take it easy or like, you know, relax more. Is that because I just like have made it, you know, or I've proven yeah. myself. And like, is that something that's happening? And is like, is that like, if you're like earlier in your career or like, you know, you aren't at the level that you want to be in, is this something that you should do? Is this something where you should be super focused and stuff like that? And I, I still say no. I still think that there's like a, uh, an approach to this that is healthy that like you can grow your career in a healthy way and not feel stressed out like, i honestly feel that like all of those things are possible like you can have it all like you can grow your career you right. can make more money you can be happier like all of those things can happen together there's not like a trade-off that has mm-hmm. to happen right yeah and that's actually something i did i used to not believe i used to believe that it was a trade-off that it was something that you had to like give it all right. in order to get back right mm-hmm. and that like and that was but that's not how it works that's not how it works at all that's a uh, like, that was like that kind of, I used to have that kind of like scarcity mindset around yeah. that where now I realize that that's not how it works. And there's a, you can think about things more abundantly and think about things more like, yeah, actually all of these things are possible together. Right.
1: Yeah. I really love that I used to believe in the same thing I feel okay now I sacrifice my happiness my hobbies to do more work and then when I get to the next level I'll be happy and then when I get to the next level there's always another level yeah. and when you get to become a senior data scientist for a while I felt lost
0: yeah <laughs> Right. definitely yeah
1: so you mentioned you had a change of mindset over the past one or two years what has helped you make this change did you read any book or go to therapy
0: especially when I started feeling lost like uh, in like 2019 that's when I initially started seeing a therapist that was uh, has been really helpful I still see her even now like I uh, even though I'm still feeling good because like she really helps me like keep things in perspective and now I kind of Instead of viewing her as like help, helping me like get out of the dumps, it's more like helping me like optimize my life and optimizing my emotions yeah. in a way that like is good. She's like a mental trainer for me. Like oh, like nice. that's like I think about it. I think about it more like that. Like like that. I'm an athlete. Like I'm in my early I'm a mental athlete, yeah. and that like I need to be at the top of my game. Mm-hmm. And that's and the way I do that is by managing my emotions effectively. And like I wish people viewed therapy more like that. Actually, because yeah. there's this weird stigma around therapy, right? Where like mm-hmm. people like oh you go to therapy, oh you must be weak. Oh, Oh, you must be oh why can't something you something
1: wrong with yeah, you yeah there's
0: something wrong with you right and like that's not, that's not how it is at all right and uh so i think there's a couple things that was a big thing i think another big thing for me was just like like kind of like travel travel was another big thing for me that like cuz when i quit my job like i went to puerto rico for a while like i had this big dream of like traveling the world but then covid hit and then things were weird for a while right and i got stuck in puerto rico for a while that was also really cool mm-hmm. it was also really kind of terrifying but also cool at the same time right (laughs) and uh and just i did that and then uh some other things i did to kind of shift my mindset was like i love being in nature and so i went to 30 national parks in 2020 right i just draw i did this massive road trip right and like i just saw all these beautiful beautiful places and i was like wow the world is so much bigger than data engineering like it's so much <laughs> bigger than pipelines dude it's so much bigger right is it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and like, i guess those things really help me like keep things in perspective right yeah. and keep things like where i'm like i need to have a life that is more diverse, that is more balanced, and that has all these things. Like, and I really think that, that those are uh, some very big, important pieces of like how to live a happy life, right? And how to like do all of these things in a way where like you can feel like you know you can work these jobs and like you know and not feel like you're at risk of burning out and stuff like that mm-hmm. as well, right? Because like you you do these things that feed your soul, right? yeah. And I also think getting a dog was another thing that was really good for me. Like, cause, cause in 2020 I got a dog after a couple months. After, because it was after I got back from Puerto Rico, and I realized I'm like, this pandemic thing looks like it's gonna go on for a while, right? Cause yeah. you know it was like two weeks, the or, or 14 days to slow mm-hmm. the spread. I'm like, all right, now nah, this is we're in this for the long haul. We're and I, and I got kind of lonely, so I got a dog, right? And she's been wonderful for me. Yeah, uh, I love Lulu. Yeah, Lulu was so great. She's helped me just like realize that like even. Even when life is kinda of like boring or like I'm just doing like the regular day-to-day stuff, like she's always so happy. Like she's all, <laughs> I always see her and like that's something I ask her every <laughs> once in a while. I'm like I'm like, Lulu, why are you so happy? Why are you so happy right now? All you're doing is laying in bed and like you're just chilling, like but you're but you're happy and you're content and like yeah. and it, it helps me realize like, yeah, that like life is good. Like and she's like a reminder to, to me that like like the I like I don't have to be thinking about, oh, what's the next thing? What oh, oh I gotta get to the next level, I gotta keep growing, I gotta get gotta keep going and like Uh, I can kind of just like, like, just kind of be in the moment, right? And like, and and that's what she's really great at. So if you're a tech worker, and like, you've been thinking about getting a dog, but like, you haven't gotten a dog, I I'm definitely this is this is my call out, please get a dog. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: I think that it's a very good idea. Like, it's like they, because there's other things too. It's not just like Lulu helps me be more mindful. Lulu also, it keeps me like, like, exercising, right? Like, because I do usually about four or five miles a day, like, of walking slash running with her, right? Like, and I do that every day, every day. And that, like, that consistency of just, like, doing that every day and just, like, always showing up and always exercising is, like, so good for your mental health. So good. It's just like, it's something that like makes a lot of the anxiety that I used to have, like just kind of disappear. Right. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm exercising every day. Like all that en- energy in my brain is just like, Oh, I'm tired because I ran a lot. Right. And it's like, it's just not there anymore. Right. Yeah. And that's it's a beautiful thing. That's like where like animals are amazing, dude. They are so cool. Like, uh, yeah. so that was those kind of things together, like travel therapy, dog those three things together, I would mm-hmm. say are like, I would say that's what I would point to as like what caused my mindset to change.
1: Yeah, wow, such a beautiful story. I definitely want to ask you more about work-life balance. Yep. But before that, you mentioned a few times you're very ambitious. I'm curious, mm-hmm. where is that ambition come from?
0: A part of it is like, I think, was just like from like my upbringing a little bit. That, like, I mean, I, I for a long time, like, uh, growing up, there was always a times where like people are like, Wow, Zach, you're really smart. Even like, I got these messages really young, like, even when I was like in like first, second grade, right? Where like, and they were like, Yeah, Wow, Zach, you're really smart. You're gonna do great things. You're gonna do really amazing things, right? And yeah. the, like, I got, I got told that a lot. I got told that a lot. And, uh, and, uh, that was something where I'm like, okay, yeah. I, and I, I think I've just kind of accepted that, that like, that, that's what I'm going to do. Right. And that like, <laughs> and that like reinforcement, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I think it's, that's fine that like, and, uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with all that stuff. Right. And like being able to, I think that's a piece of it. I think another piece of it is that like I am kind of a competitive person as well. Like I, I like to win. I like to do great things and I like to like do uh, a big way I'm competitive is actually I'm competitive against my older self. That's actually another thing that I like to do, right? Is that's, that's really who you should be competitive with the most, right? Is, and that's like, for me, that's like what I've been trying to do, right? Is every year, this is, it's kind of an interesting thing, like where. I started doing this in 2016. It was 2016. So like, uh, e- like every year since 2016, I've been trying to do one thing that will make my mom proud every year. Right. That's a big thing. Right. And so 2016, the the big thing was I got sober. I quit doing drugs. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was which is great. 2017, I really got into running. Right. That was really awesome. 2018, I became a senior engineer. Right. I was like, grew like pretty crazily in Fang. Right. Yeah. Uh, 2019, I like like I. I i started mentoring people i started growing a lot of things like i i feel like i slipped i don't have a good like solid like this is what i did in 2019 because 2019 was an interesting year uh That's 20 fine. Uh, You're still yes worthy. <laughs> hey, yes i know i'm still worthy thank you thank you <sighs> and then in 2020 i uh, i i quit my job right and mm-hmm. to travel the world and like to reset my mind right and that was something my mom was very supportive of yeah well, and then uh 2021 right i was I'd say probably the LinkedIn thing, like the LinkedIn thing and like Mm -hmm. growing a network and trying to like expand and grow and like try to like help others. And, 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 and I'm like, and so I've been trying to do that, like have like one, like kind of flagship thing every year that I've been trying to do that I think is like the number one thing that is like what I need to do. And, uh, and so, yeah, like, uh, I think those are, that's kind of what, where the ambition is coming from because like, especially like, especially after I got sober, it was just like, that was the other thing. I think that's the other thing about like my ambition is that like I realized that like when you get sober, one of the things that people don't realize, like and it's one of the things that was very challenging me for getting to getting sober, is that like you can't just quit doing drugs. It's not that easy. Because like what happens is if you just quit doing drugs. Drugs used to take a lot of your time. That's the thing. And then you have this vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. You have this like, you have these hours and hours and hours that used to just be high and like, you know, like not doing anything or like, you know, like just you have have this vacuum of time that you need to fill with something. Mm -hmm. You need to do something in that time. Because what I've realized that like, and I realized this through many failed attempts of getting sober is that. If you don't, if you just like say, okay, I'm going to quit doing drugs, like, uh, and then what ends up happening is you'll just like sit and you'll be uncomfortable and you'll be frustrated. And you're like, what, like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, I don't know. (laughs) And so that's where the other, I think there's another kind of ambition thing there, right? Is that like, that's what I realized is that like, I needed like to get sober, I need to do things that make me feel good that give me a high that mm-hmm. make me feel happy that charge yeah. me up mm-hmm. that like that give me that give me that feeling that drugs like gave me essentially like not like maybe not to the same toxic level but like <laughs> like at least some sort of like natural high yeah. right because you like you got to have those in your life like if you don't have any natural highs in your life like it's depressing, man. It's depressing, and it makes you want to do drugs, like at least for me. And um, and so I think that's another kind of piece of that ambition, right? Is like is around that. It's kind of like a in, like a way to stay sober as well. It's like it's I, I feel it's like one of my pillars of of, of being sober. Yeah.
1: Like, so now you're sober. What mm-hmm. are the hobbies you have developed to fill in those?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a good one. Like uh, a big one I do is like I love to run. Running is like my favorite thing. I, ru- I run a lot. I like, I do like uh, regularly run like, you know, half marathon distances like, like like a couple times a month. Like I do that because like, I, I love distance running. Distance running is a big thing that uh, occupies a lot of my time. That's a big one. Uh, another big one is like I just got way into writing. Right, writing is like really great. I, uh, I needed. It's, it's interesting because there's like this balance between like LinkedIn and Medium and like all these other things. And like I'm just like ah, oh, I wanna I wanna write more in videos. <laughs> and it's just like there's so many ways to make yeah, content yeah. and like. But writing has been something that, like, even before I was on LinkedIn, right? I would I would write on Facebook all the time. I've I've been writing posts for a long time and just like creating content and like, uh, that's another big thing that I like kind of ramped up. I've been doing more of the writing for even even when I wasn't sober, I would do writing. But like, uh, it was something that I really tried to like get better at uh, after I got sober. I wanted to like become not just like write, but I wanted to write well, right? I wanted to be good at communicating, right? It's a big one. Uh, another big one is like I love learning new technologies. I love coding. I love I, I I always have a side project going, right? And I always like I'm doing random stuff. Like uh like I like I taught myself JavaScript and I did all the full stack development and did some startups and did a bunch of different random little kind of projects that yeah. I like that I that like I think that's another thing that kind of fills my time is just mm-hmm. like I try to not like more recently I've kind of scaled back on that a little bit because yeah. like it, it's like it's just more screen time right i've been mm-hmm. trying to like n- not do as much screen time on the weekends right cuz i like to that's it's good for my mental health to like not be in front of a screen for so long right and uh like so yeah those are those are the big ones i would say like and then uh Video games, definitely as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've been doing some more video games. Like I, I really like to win. Like I love I love shooters. I love like Halo, Warzone, like uh Fortnite, like those kind of games. Like or like other kind of competitive games. Like another one I got way into was a game called Rocket League. Rocket League was crazy. It's like this game where you're like you're like it's like soccer, but instead of being a human, you're a car with a rocket on the back right and you can like fly through the air it's 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 a crazy (laughs) crazy game and i got way into it it was like and it's super competitive and uh and so like yeah there's like those are the main games i play i'm not as much into like the story games like the you know like the rpgs like skyrim Mm -hmm. or like all those games i'm because those games, like, like I'm all about winning. I'm all about like I, I want to win, like or lose. I'm not a lose too. I'm fine with losing, but yeah. like I want to be able to beat someone at least some some of the time. <laughs> and so yeah, those are that's like I, I that's another thing I also like. I'm mindful about though mm-hmm. is video games is that like you don't like because that especially early in my sobriety, video games were like a very very important part of my uh, initial sobriety journey. But I've realized now more as I've gotten older is that like they also have a trade off, right? That you can't just like, I can't just dedicate all my time to that. That like, because yeah. it's like, otherwise, like it's, it's again, it's goes back to like screen time, right? And that like, I don't want to have too much screen time. Mm-hmm. And that like, so I try to like, I, I definitely do video games, but it's more of like a, it's, I treat it like sugar, right? Where it's like, you can have some sugar, right? But like, yeah. you don't want to have too much of it, right? right? And so, yeah. And that's that's another kind of thing that I think is has been really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So now you work as a tech lead, you write, grow audience on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. then um, you spend time with your dog Lulu in the nature. So how mm-hmm. do you maintain those balance?
0: Well, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Like, um... That's a big thing I work, I've been working on with my mentor at Airbnb actually is that that's literally the thing we work on is that balance of like all those different things like, uh, where, um, I have a spreadsheet where I have, um, a couple different buckets. Like one is how many hours a week I'm spending on LinkedIn. There's a bucket for how many hours a week I'm working at Airbnb. There's a bucket uh, for like how many hours I'm exercising, how many hours I'm in nature, how many hours I'm writing long form content and video content because that's like, I feel like that's the one I'm trying to shift more. I'm actually trying to shift uh, some of those LinkedIn hours mm-hmm. into that kind of longer form content hours. Yeah. Cause I think that that's the future. Uh, and that's like, so those are kind of like the buckets. And then um, every week I talk with him and I'm like, so here's my numbers for the week. And then he'll either be like, all right, good. You're on your, on, on track or like, Oh Zach, you need to like, you need to like update this piece oh, or do awesome. do that. And like, it's, it's really great. Like it, that mentorship has been really wonderful because it's not just like career growth. Actually. Mm-hmm. I don't even talk to him about career growth at all. Yeah. Cause I don't care about growing my career. Actually. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like this is good enough. Like I feel that like, uh, where I'm at right now is pretty, pretty satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Right. And that like, like, sure i can go and like write more docs and do that stuff and like try to get to like senior staff or technical fellow or whatever the upper echelons of you know like the coding you know ladder is but like that's not as intriguing to me like i'm, I'm way more intrigued by like learning more broad skills like marketing and content and teaching and education and stuff like that is i'm way more intrigued by that than like getting better at building systems, build, building big distributed systems or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And uh, previously, you talked about this uh, on LinkedIn. You mentioned terminal level. Can you tell us what is it? Yeah. And what do you think of it?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, like, a lot of the big tech companies, they actually subscribe to this idea of up or out. So, what it means is, like, if you're hired as a junior or a mid-level engineer, you have a certain number of years to get to senior engineer usually like three or four years to get to senior engineer from when you get hired. Usually if you don't do that, they're going to let you go. Right. Uh, um, So, but then after you hit senior engineer, like getting promoted beyond that isn't a, isn't a hard requirement. There's not like a ticking time bomb behind like that. Right. It's not like, Oh, you must, you must get to level six or level seven or whatever, or else we're going to let you go. There's not a thing like you can ride out the rest of your career at senior, which is, which is actually a pretty nice gig like i mean i think that that's actually a pretty great way to go like um and uh and so the that's kind of how terminal level works is around that and like uh trying to figure out like what to do there like if you want to keep growing or if you want to like try to keep pushing yourself to like become like a tech lead or to become like even higher, like a, you know, technical director or whatever, like you can do that. But like, there's a couple of things you want to keep in mind there. Like one is that like, there's a lot fewer of those roles, right? And so like getting to getting those roles is just extremely competitive because there's not very many of them, right? It's, uh, uh, that's a big thing to remember. Right. And like, I think that like, that's a big thing that I realized was like, especially now I I'm like a tech lead and I'm like, I'm already, I feel like I already have one of those roles. Like one of the roles that was like a really competitive role to get. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't need to, I don't need to grow anymore in this role. Like that, that, that like the, the ones above it are just like, mm-hmm. whatever, man. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like the cool thing about it as well is that like, is that you can really kind of keep growing in your career anyways. Like you can, just cause you aren't changing do- job titles and just cause you're not like going like ever, you're not leveling up. Mm-hmm. Right. Or whatever. Like you're still growing. That's a big thing that like, I think is important to remember just because it's called terminal level doesn't mean that you're that terminal learning, right? Yeah, or terminal growth, right? Or like, like, it's not like that, right? <laughs> it's like, it's just that like the expectations of you aren't really going to grow as much, right? That they like, uh they, they might still grow a little bit because they expect you to grow in your career. So the, the tech companies do have a pretty, pretty high expectations of people. Uh, it's not like an, an exponential increase because between each level, there's like this exponential increase in like expectations, right? And you want to be able to to, like have a, a kind of a, a good balance there, and, I, and and that's one of the things I, I like about it is that like uh, uh, is being able to like really hone your craft at those levels, and like then because one of the things that it can do is like it can free up time. Like then it's like if you get really good at being a senior engineer or a senior data scientist or whatever, like then like you can have time to do other things like, you know, like have time to have a family or have time to like, you know, like write content on LinkedIn or do podcasts with Daliano, or, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) you can, a lot of really cool things that you can do. And like, I think that like that kind of balance and like being able to do that kind of goodness is really important. Mm -hmm. Like, and like, cause it's like that whole work-life harmony right and yeah. i think that like that's where that the, the terminal level thing which i think some people are like oh that's i don't like that i don't like that <laughs> right but like i think it actually mostly is a very good thing yeah. like it like and um i and i and I'm definitely happy where I'm at. Like, I, I, I don't feel like I, I don't have a desire to, like, level up anymore. Like, yeah. it's we're, we're, I'm good. Like, like, I, I, I don't want to be a manager. I don't want to like be, uh, you know, a technical fellow. Mm-hmm. Like, those things are not interesting to me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's very refreshing to see someone, uh, mm-hmm. you know, working in a big tech company talking about, uh, I'm not interested in going to the next level. But you also mentioned it doesn't mean I stop growing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and also, I think it takes a lot of confidence mm-hmm. to have the courage to communicate to your manager. Hey, I'm really happy at where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think a lot of people maybe they share the same value with you, but they're afraid that if they communicate this, their manager is not going to value them anymore, or they might feel they're not worth it anymore.
0: Yeah, or because I think that that's kind of like the the underlying assumption in working in big tech is that you do want to go to the next level, right? Yeah. That's like that's like all the companies are set up in that way, right? Where that like like they they want to pressure you to have more impact and keep growing and doing all these things, right? And that like um that like it's totally, totally fine to talk with your managers and be like, yo, I'm good. Like I, I think that like especially once you've hit those terminal levels, then like like they should be able to respect that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that like and and that's totally that's totally fine. Like, and uh, but you're totally right. It does take a lot of courage because it's challenging that assumption that it's it's challenging that like kind of underlying cultural assumption of these companies. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, for sure, definitely be confident and like mm-hmm. uh, and and try it out. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so if someone tells you, "Hey, Zach, I feel so burnout in my career," what would be yeah. your advice to them?
0: Okay, that's a good one. Um, I think uh, a big thing there is. Like you want to kind of like do some introspection on that. I think that there's uh, because burnout can happen for a couple different reasons. Right. You can be burnt out because you're working too much. You can be but you can also be burnt out because you're working on stuff that you just don't care about. right. (laughs) It's like I guess even like because you can actually be working if you're working a lot on stuff that you care about that's generally called like passion right or like uh, uh and that like it's a good thing like people are yeah. like yeah you're you're doing the thing that sparks a fire in you right and that's like and i think that that is a very important thing to realize like is like is is that right is like if, if you're working so there's a couple a couple things there. are like but even if you are passionate and you're working a lot you can still work too much right that's still possible i've, I've been there i've been there i've definitely felt that that was a big thing for me what that, was, that happened at facebook it was like, I was doing that, I was working too much. And like, what I did in that situation was like, I was working with my manager to kind of get things off my plate, right? And be like, yo, like this, this should go to someone else or like this, another team should own this. Because that's one of the things about the big tech companies, like the ownership of things is not very it's not always it's 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 an art it's not a science at all like like who owns what thing is like and how how organizations draw boundaries is is very much like an art and that's why reorgs happen all the time because like Mm -hmm. people are like oh i don't like this anymore oh this is this is this is bad art we want new art we want a new structure and um and so a lot of times when you have too much work if you're in that bucket of burnout where you have just too much work a lot of times what it means is like you need to hire someone or you need to, uh, pass your work off to some other team or, or there's another thing where it's like, maybe some of this work doesn't matter. Right. And like, it can just be put on the back burner and we just don't need to care about it. Right. And there's like kind of a couple different things there where like, you really should be working with your manager to prioritize like your work. Right. And that like, you should try to be shooting for like a reasonable number of hours every week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and doing that. I think that that's kind of like a big way to like really kind of, at least in that bucket, if you're working in a job that you feel good about, but you're working too much and you feel burnt out, it's that uh, kind of bucket of burnout. I think that that's kind of like a good approach is like working with your manager and trying to figure that out. And then, one of the things that sucks about that situation is sometimes your manager is not supportive like sometimes your manager is like because like they'll be like they they want the they want to claim the impact of all the work that you're doing because they're like yeah i manage that person so i get the impact too right (laughs) and it's like and so they can not be supportive right and in those situations like that's where like internal transfers are really great like changing teams that can be that can be really wonderful Mm -hmm. another thing that like i i'm a big proponent of is uh changing companies (laughs) like uh interviewing and just seeing what else is out there and like trying out other op- opportunities because i think that that's a like um, that's another really good powerful thing is just like understanding like what other options are out there that's yeah. uh that's good um i think the other bucket of burnout is more challenging actually because it's not like oh do this or do that it's a, it's a it's a lot more nuanced and it's like if you're doing work that you that you're not aligned with, like that, like that you're like, it doesn't really matter how much work I'm doing here, but I, I just don't like it. Like you're in, you're in the wrong field. You're in the wrong industry maybe, or you're like, it, it really depends. And that, and that stuff uh, like, is going to be more on an individual basis, like where like uh, you might want to, but it, it might be that like, you're doing work that is, that you find boring. Right. Cause that's one of the things that happened for me. Like when I was working at Facebook after a while, like I uh, was working on notifications and like, after working on notifications for about eighteen months, I was like, "I think I'm done. I think I, I don't want to work on notifications anymore. I think I'm <laughs> notificationed out, right?" And like, and 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 that, that's where I was like, "Maybe I should ch- change teams. Maybe I should do yeah. something else there, right?" And that was uh, that, like, so that can be a big thing as well. Like, it, like, so if the work that you're doing, you really want to ask yourself, it's like, is it? the work like is it, is it the body of work that i am doing is like is it the subject area or is it like the um is it the actual work is it like like do i don't like data engineering anymore is that what's going on right or like is it uh you know it's generally one of those two it's like you either don't like like the field or you don't like the body of work and one of those two things is like draining you right and that like you need to like you know really ask yourself like okay well what do i want to do differently is there another field that i find do i find more exciting and i think that one of the things there that's important is just to dabble right and just to to talk with people and like yeah. to really understand like what are the other options out there like for example like my friend he was like super stoked about uh becoming an accountant he wanted to be an accountant so bad right and then like he was reading these like interesting articles about like automation and like how accountants are gonna suffer a lot under automation. <laughs> that like they're like that's one of the one of the fields that is gonna really get hit hard by automation pretty yeah. soon, and uh and that was freaking him out and he got burnt out from it. Like he was being an accountant and like he'd been an accountant for like a year. He was getting so frustrated by the field because he was like, "There's no future here, right? There's no future. What am I doing here? I'm wasting my time, right?" And like because if you don't, that's a big thing. Is like if you don't have like a a career plan or a growth strategy, then like. It's very easy to get burnt out because it's like you have to have something to hope for, man. You got to have something to hope for, right? And, and so that was like with him. I was like, yeah, dude, you should check out programming. You should check out computers. You should check out the stuff. And then like we worked on like full stack development together. And now he's an engineer. Now he does software, so it's pretty cool. I was wow, like, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And so like yeah, there's all sorts of burnout is a tricky problem because mm-hmm. there can be so many different like root causes to it.
1: Yeah, I know. There's a more story about you helping your friend. I'm gonna yeah. ask about that later. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to ask you is, can you share um, your routine these days?
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I can even give you like a, a short little breakdown, right? So in the morning, I, I wake up around like 7.30, 8 o'clock. The very first thing I do in the morning, uh, so I go, I brush my teeth and then I will go and walk with Lulu. I go and I just like, I do like about... Uh, 30 to 40 minute walk with lulu usually from like 8 to 8 45 ish like i really just like taking the city uh some key things that are important for me in this walk are no phone no music like just 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 walking around the city, just like, just being a human, just like, uh, just not, no technology really. I mean, I, I keep my, uh, my, my fitness tracker cause I care about my steps a lot, but that's it. Um, and so that's a big thing that like, I introduced that, uh, like a couple months ago and that is been so wonderful because like i used to like wake up and look right at my phone and i would be like just stress me out just stress me out so much and like that's not the way to do it you really want to set your day right you want to be intentional about how you do that first hour of your day because it, it affects the rest of the day right that's a big thing i do um I generally, uh, I kind of structure the rest of my day around like walks, right? So I do a lot of walks with Lulu because she's a very active dog. Uh, And then I do my second walk at like one o'clock or one at one, two o'clock-ish. And uh, then I do another one in the evening, usually around like six or seven. And uh, those are like the three walks I do. That's a big thing I do. Um, Some other things I do throughout the day uh, are like just mindfulness and meditation, right? I do no, it's 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 crazy because you don't need that much of it, and it actually helps a lot. Like, is so generally like I'll even do it during like it, especially if I have like back to back to back meetings. Whenever I have like meetings that are like there's like literally no buffer between my next meeting, what I'll do is I'll just be three minutes late to the next meeting, and like what I'll do is I'll use those three minutes to meditate or yeah. to be mindful right because like because i realized that like if i don't do that and i just take the meetings back to back to back to back at the end of the day i am upset i am an i am an unhappy camper i am like what am i doing right now yeah. this is too much i like and the, like, i highly recommend that especially if you have a lot of zoom meetings back to back because like Honestly, that's how it used to be. People like, never like back when offices were a thing. Like people didn't arrive right <laughs> at right at two right, thirty, right?
1: You teleport to that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not how it worked, right. dude. Like, and yeah. so like I um I think that like like your company and your culture should be okay with you being a couple minutes late to the mm-hmm. meeting just to like breathe, right? But Zoom definitely pressures you to like you know be there right on time as right. well. So like that's a big thing I do. I also do a lot of push-ups every day. Hmm. I generally do like about a hundred push-ups every day, like because I like I've realized that I care a lot about like strength training because it's another. It's, it gives me a different mental boost than running does. It's like a, a, it's like different and distinct that I liked. It's something that's very new to my routine actually, because like I used to think that I was like nah, like strength training is just like weak cardio. That's what I I I honestly put it in that bucket for a very long time. Yeah. But now I've actually like given it a chance, and I'm like. No, it's different. It's different. That's a, another big thing I do. I, I I generally don't do. Obviously, I don't do a hundred in a row. I do like I do like sets of thirty. Usually, like sets of thirty, and uh, and that's how I kind of like get through the day, which is pretty cool. Um, those those ones are just like random because like one of the things that's really nice about push-ups as well is that like there's no excuse. It's 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 one of those things that's like you have to um, like it, it, it's all about discipline, right? And it's like you can do thirty push-ups in like one minute. The only thing that's in the way of you not doing push-ups is your oh, it's gonna suck, right? Or like oh, it's gonna make my arms feel sore, right? It's like yeah. the uncomfortableness, right? And it's like that hesitation and like and um. So that's the thing. I think another big thing for me in my routines, I would say, is uh, near the end of the night, like when I'm like winding down. That's another big thing. Like so, I, ge- I generally have really good boundaries with work. The last time I will respond to things that aren't on call related is about 5:30. Like if it, like it, even if it's like 5:45, like I'm not gonna respond to it. Sorry, not not gonna happen. Like I'll hit I'll, I'll hit you up on the, the 9 a.m. the next day. Nah, not gonna happen anymore. I have I, I I have pretty good boundaries with that. So then in the evening, I like to like you know hang out with friends maybe or like work on some videos or linkedin posts or like i use that time kind of creatively and flexibly uh then like when i'm winding down which is usually around like 10 30 11 o'clock i have a very specific routine there as well where it's like uh, starting at 10 30, no phone again, no phone. Like and it's way harder. Yeah. It's way harder at the, in the evening to do it than like in the, in the morning, but no phone in the morning is like very easy because yeah. I'm like fresh. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I, I don't have my ideas as much, but then like in the, in the evening I mess up on it sometimes, but I really try like no phone after ten thirty, And then I try to go to bed at like eleven thirty, Right. And that's like a big thing I do. And like the no phone is important. And I always like hot shower so, um, depends on the, like, if I'm like running, like after a run, I'll take like a cold shower, which is great. But then like, uh, like usually I take a hot shower before going to bed. Cause then that like, just like zones me out and just, ma- it makes it so I sleep way better. Cause mm-hmm. I care a lot about my sleep. Like the fitness, fitness tracker helps me a lot. Cause I, like, I learned a lot about like, Uh, because this is like a fitness tracker and a sleep tracker right and uh, like it helped me kind of optimize it right and get get a lot better at like how my sleep works and and it also like is obvious to me where i'm like oh yeah i was looking at my phone too early before going to bed because i slept like crap (laughs) right (laughs) and it's giving me that data right it's like hey see like and that's kind of like how my routines work i uh i definitely really try to like listen to my body and understand like, yeah, like I need to like do those things and focus on the, you know, feed my body and feed my soul. Right. And not just like be so focused on productivity. Right. And that's kind of like the, the, the principle behind my routines, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, um, um, previously you mentioned you help your friend with their mm. career. And then you also mentioned you always have some side projects you're working on. Yeah. So for people who want to get into data engineering or software engineering, yeah. how can they find a good, uh, projects to learn? Or you can yeah. use your example uh, with uh, your friends.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a, that's a great question. Like, cause projects are an interesting thing. Cause like, um, Sometimes I think uh, it's 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 an interesting balance because like you want a project that you can spend a substantial amount of time on, right? If it, if it's like a project where you do like three commits on your Git repo and then you're like, okay, here's my project, people aren't gonna care at all, like, because it's like not you didn't invest enough time into it, right? Where it's like you really want to pick a project that like can light a fire in you a little bit, like it's something that like you really enjoy, like. For example, like when I was teaching my friend how to code, like both me and my friend, we love Pokemon. We love Pokemon a lot. <laughs> so, like, what we did was first we built a, a web scraper to scrape all the Pokemon data and to get all of the Pokemon sounds. We even got like the Pokemon noises that they make. And then we uh, built a database and we built our own Pokedex. Like we built like our own like we essentially rebuilt the Pokedex like from the games. Mm-hmm. And we were and that was that was the very first project I really worked on him with. And that was like really cool like that was like a really fun project to work on and like uh i i think that that's like a um a fun thing to do like is like kind of thinking about like okay what is something like what's a catalog of things that you care about Mm -hmm. usually people have a catalog of things they care about whether it's like movies or they care about cards or they care about like games or there's some hobby they care about like there's something right Mm -hmm, and if you can make a catalog viewer of the things that you care about and make a website for it, right? Where you just like, okay, here is the catalog of things I care about. Right. And then, uh, and you build that. Like, cause for me, that was like a big thing I, I did like earlier in my career was I was like obsessed with magic, the gathering. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's crazy about magic is that there is, uh, there's like 30,000 unique cards right and like so there's like a huge just database of like cards that you can look at right and they have all these images and all these different things and like managing all that was like really fun and interesting and challenging right and like and i built an app around it like how to build a deck and like organize it and like all those uh, and building out those like models of like uh like like many to many or one to one or like however like the 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 database models look like right and And so, yeah, it's kind of like the catalog of stuff is super, super important. Like, I I, I like that idea because it's simple, but it also can give you a project that has some meat to it, right? And like, has some depth, not just like, oh, yeah, I like, like, did this like small web scraping thing from like a company or whatever, like, or a course or whatever. And they're like, they're telling you, like, scrape this random website that I don't care about, right? And like, uh, because the other thing that that does is like, if you build a catalog of things that you care about. And when you talk about it in an interview, you get excited by it. Yeah. And then it's kind of like this interesting thing because like you might just be excited about Pokemon, but like if you're talking about a project that you built that that is just Pokemon related. And you really are excited about pokemon it's going to come off like you're excited about data engineering or about like software engineering because like even though you might just only care about pokemon you might only feel neutral about software engineering but in, in, in interviews it's a good thing because it's like oh yeah i care about these things a lot and like it's it'll make you really stand out because it'll be like whoa like this guy cares like this is is, is, is there's an energy here right and that's why i think building projects that you actually care about is like so good so important yeah
1: (laughs) i love that Uh, i would suggest people build data science project in the same fashion because when you build your own project you're going to run into a a lot of roadblocks Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier for you to push through if that's something you're interested in
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it's both it's both i think like both from like the creation perspective Mm -hmm. of like actually completing something awesome But also from the perspective of like talking about it, right? Because if like, because when I think about like, if I had to like talk about some project I had to do in school, like I've already forgotten it now, dude. Like, I mean, I can't even talk about it because it was like so not like emotionally relevant for me, right? And so, like, I think both for both like the talking about it after you built it and for the actually building it Mm -hmm. parts, it's both of those things are. It's very important to do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and you also built two companies before.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can talk about those. Like, um, so when I was working at Facebook, I uh, was working on this product called Art Lineup with uh, with that friend, the accounting friend I was talking about earlier. (laughs) I I, like we built that Pokedex together, and then like what we did was like we saw like how um, uh, how how my friend's dad was like managing his like professional art business. And it was like all like on like ledgers and like manual, like ledger stuff, right? It was like not even like, it was very like old school, like very, I'm like, like all this stuff could be way easier with software. And we both realized that and we're like, what we're going to do is we're going to build a product to make your dad's life easier. And we're going to build something for that. And then ultimately, like we kind of shifted it to be like a product that what it did was it made it easier for artists to um, make the jump from doing it as a hobby to doing it professionally that was like the whole kind of idea behind the the product and like what it did was it helped like track like income and expenses uh, it tracked inventory, like where your paintings were, what galleries they were in and like, um, and how much money you could expect from them. Right. Kind of like in the income planning. And then the, the third thing it did was it gave you a website. So if you used it for inventory management, then you could build a website and then that would, or the website would just come for free. Right. You would essentially have like a, a kind of an Instagrammy like yeah. website that way you could just have everything there. And then you have like this one spot that can manage everything for you. And yeah, it was, it's fun. We worked on that for like two and a half years. It was like, uh, like did uh. That's where I, that's where I really got good at JavaScript. Right, I learned a lot about like Node.js and React and Angular and all those like crazy JavaScript technologies that are like still super popular. Like and uh, yeah, like that stuff was uh, that was really fun. That was like what I did on that product was like. So when I was working at Facebook, like I was also working on that product on the weekends. Like, and that's all I did. I mean, when I was working at Facebook, like I didn't have a life at all. Like, a, <laughs> like I just was like, I like worked on fa- work, worked at Facebook on the weekdays. And then on the weekends, I like dedicated like a big chunk of my time to just working on that side product. Mm-hmm. And like, we built something really cool. It was really exciting. Like, yeah.
1: And yeah. Uh that's very cool that you learn JavaScript by doing projects mm-hmm. um, and uh, did you mention that your friend got a job because of this project
0: yeah yeah so uh, what he did was like he was interviewing for a couple different companies and like um, this project was uh, the one that he talked about this art lineup project he talked about it in like in in interviews and everything because like he d- didn't have like a computer science degree he didn't do a boot camp he didn't have any other credential like there was there was the that was the project the project was it that was it Uh, the end 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 of credential list right and um and yeah he ended up landing a job because of because like he was able to show like yeah see i can build these really amazing things right so it's like he has the proof right that he can do these things and uh and so that was like really, really cool to see that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley, if you're, if you're listening, dude, you're amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think learning by doing is the best way to learn. And mm-hmm. what we're so used to is we learn and learn and learn in school and then we do. And then we run into some issue. We feel so frustrated. I think the mm-hmm. best way to do this is to learn something you just do some googling and then you do it and then mm-hmm. you learn again and you immediately apply that that's both good for the knowledge retention in your brain mm-hmm. also for you to put a theory into practice oh yeah so yeah um and before you work in tech you had a what 19 odd jobs <laughs> before?
0: yeah yeah for sure uh,
1: what are some can you share some lessons
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So like my first my first job uh, um, that I ever worked was I worked at uh, I worked at Walmart, actually, I worked at Walmart, I stock shelves at the grocery store at Walmart. And like, one of the things that I found really awesome about those roles and like, or about that role. And I think about it, especially now, it just gave me an interesting perspective is that like, it helped me really understand people a lot, right? Because like, I even I I worked there for almost a year. And um, it helped me like really understand customers and like what they wanted. And like, different things like that. And like, it was very, very, I mean, for a minimum wage job, I actually felt like I learned quite a bit from it. Like it was, yeah. uh, it's pretty interesting. And, uh, that was a really cool job. Like, uh, like I learned so much about cereal too. Like it was, it was absurd. That's like what I did was I stocked, <laughs> I stocked all the cereal shelves yeah. and like, uh, and I learned how to be very efficient as well. Cause like, uh, I, cause that was one of the things I realized was like, they're like, all right, Zach, you just got to stock these shelves. And then I was like, okay, I can do that. And then like, and, and they would be like, you got to do that. And then like, that's and, like, I, and i then I'm like, you're, you expecting me to do this in eight hours. And I'm like, I can do it in like two hours. I'm like, okay, okay. I guess, I guess that's fine. And then I'll just chill and like walk around and just be lazy. But like, uh, and like, it was very interesting, like, uh, how those, like how those roles worked and like, mm-hmm. I met a lot of friends. I still have like a lot of, a lot of my, a lot of my coworkers at Walmart, I'm still like lifelong friends with, cause like, they were just so cool. They were just so cool and so interesting. Like, yeah. uh, I was fun, like. I think the other big one that really kind of like formed like my kind of perspe- perspective in life was the one I did after that where I was a tutor. I did tutoring for like uh, almost two years. I I was uh, did tutoring for the thing I really liked about tutoring was that it was. I got to interact with so many different people, like because I, I tutored everything from like pre-algebra to like differential equations, like like very large like swath of math in between there too, yeah. right? And uh, we, we're like the most people I would uh, tutor was like kind of people in the middle doing like college algebra or like trigonometry and maybe calc one, those like kind of the ones in the middle. But I, I also tutored people who were like learning math, like and really trying to learn like uh, the earlier math and the later math, and, like. one thing that i think that that really helped me with was that really helped me like communicate better Mm -hmm. right because it's like especially like when like when you're trying to explain like pre-algebra to people right a lot of that stuff for me is like it's evident like i know it's it's just how you do it right it's just like yeah it's like a lot of that pre-algebra stuff in my mind is like it's like one plus one equals two it's like it's like i don't know how to explain any better i don't know like it's uh and that's where like it really helped me kind of understand people a little bit better and understand like how they tick and like what like how to commute and, and, and uh, I, I think one of the biggest things was it was that like like you need to understand who you're talking to to communicate effectively. Yeah. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it and who you say it to. Mm. Like oh, you need to you need to know all those things together to communicate effectively. Yeah. Otherwise, like um because you can't just use this one size fits all communication because that's initially what I tried to do and then I realized I was like well that does not work at all like it does not work at all like and like it's very not effective yeah. and uh and I also really developed like a passion for teaching that was actually like after my tutoring job that was my initial plan was to like keep going to school and like be a professor that was like oh, wow. my initial plan mm-hmm. I wanted to be like a math professor that's yeah. what I wanted to do and like uh it was interesting I got I got caught up in this like this big data and data science stuff and it was just super interesting and I'm like well that's what I'm doing now and I like it but like yeah like initially like yeah like 20 like I took the GRE two different times because oh, I was like did. yeah I took it and uh, I took it in 2014 mm-hmm. like the, like the year I graduated and I took it I took it in 2015 as well like uh because I wanted to see if I get a little bit better scores to see if I could get like maybe some scholarships or something like that because mm. that was the big thing for me like why I didn't go down that path was I was like okay I can either go work in data engineering and make money and learn or I can pay money <laughs> and go into debt and learn <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't know it, it seemed like for me it was pretty obvious I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go down <laughs> this other route and see how I see how it goes right and yeah, yeah it was super interesting like yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, you're a teacher today. Now yeah. you share your data engineering best practices and career mm-hmm. tips to over seventy thousand followers. Yeah, and you only started writing in the beginning of this year, right? Yeah, like
0: January. So, yeah. yeah.
1: What was that experience like? Growing a large audience? Yeah. Oh,
0: it's been it's been before. so wonderful. Like LinkedIn has been so good for me. Like I've been so happy about it. Like um, like there's just so many like supportive and amazing people on LinkedIn that like I just like. I feel so grateful that like people like care, care about what I have to say too. It's just been like, it's it's been really wonderful. Like I like, cause initially, like when I was growing my following, I like was very like, okay, I got to stick on brand. I got to only talk about data engineering. I got to like, just really nail that. Right. And like, and then after a while, like, I don't know, after about four or five months of that, like, I was like. I'm kind of sick of talking about data engineering every day. Like I'm like, this is a lot to talk about every single day. And then that's when I like kind of made a pivot. That's when I started like talking more about like mental health and stuff as well to like, kind of like kind of expand my horizons. And I realized that that was genius because one of the things that that did was it gave me this just wealth of just, possible things to talk about yeah. right because it's like i can either talk about data engineering or mental health okay i can consistently produce content now like yeah. without feeling drained because it's like if if i if, I, if, if i'm not feeling a, if it's not a data engineering day then i can just take a mental health day right but it's like yeah. as in like <laughs> creating content for mental health but like also maybe i'm taking a mental health day like actually as well you know you know you never know You do both but like um so like some of the things i've noticed about linkedin that's been interesting has been like i feel like there's like uh like it's it, it's just so powerful like the whole pl- platform is like the one of the things that has been amazing for me is just like i've been able to meet so many just wonderful people like you like you and like freaking there's so many <laughs> other people who i've met too who have just been like it's like whoa this platform is insane dude yeah. and uh And um, that's been a really wonderful part about it. And then like, just also just kind of like refining my craft, right? And like getting better and like learning how, like, because one of the things that like, you know, you'll see these posts and polls all the time where they're like, you know what's happening? It's like, it's the death of LinkedIn. Organic reach is done. (laughs) Everyone's posts are no longer being seen. And like, uh, and And that just happens where there's like this kind of like frustration vibe all the time by creators because like linkedin the algorithm changed oh no right and like one of the things that i've been realizing with a lot of that stuff is that like you just got to refine your craft more man and like as long as you just keep thinking about how to up the quality bar and up things and like kind of uh like figure out how to like keep making the content more engaging and like how to like grow that like and like really thinking about it and really putting in the time and effort to do that like i, I i've really never had a problem with reach like ever like that's it's yeah. not been an issue for me like and like you have yeah.
1: huge engagement yeah yeah i think because of the vulnerability authenticity and also yeah. the um people trust you you mm-hmm. have a rich experience working in those mm-hmm. companies all yeah. together and when people, when I read your post, I, I think I'm reading a post written by a real person. I feel mm-hmm. connected with you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's a big thing, a big thing that like is super important about LinkedIn, right? Is like, is that, is like being able to lean into authenticity and lean into like, yeah, the, like is being who you are, showing up and like talking about everything, not just talking about, oh yeah, I got this fancy job title at Airbnb. <laughs> I'm a tech lead. I'm amazing. It's not like, You want to talk about that but you also want to talk about like okay how did you get there right and like what like no no one has like this perfect story where they're like oh yeah i did these things and then i went to college and then i got the job and then now i'm amazing and i'm perfect right It's it's never like that ever like everyone has like this rich tapestry behind them of like, mm-hmm. you know, of tragedy, of triumph, of like they everyone has this rich story, right? Yeah. If you've lived more than like 20 years, you have a story. Right? Yeah. And, um and I think that like, that's something that a lot of people on LinkedIn, like, need to like, kind of lean into more is mm-hmm. that like, they have a story that's worth telling, right? And that like, yeah. and being able to be brave and like, and just talk about it is super important. Like, and like, uh that's a huge way to like, kind of build your brand in a way that makes makes people think that you're real right because like if you're just trying to sell something or you're just like trying to like uh you know like grow like you're just trying to get followers for the sake of getting followers Mm -hmm. like then uh people are gonna see right through it (laughs) like and then they're gonna not engage like it's it's interesting how that works out like there is like a like an authenticity kind of like radar and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like that i i've noticed like uh, like as i've seen like kind of ebbs and flows of things it's yeah LinkedIn is super cool though like yeah. I, I uh and that has been something for me that's been really great is because a lot of that stuff that I've talked about as well has just been like I've had this like stuff that I've had like this great deal amount of like shame about too right yeah. throughout like most of my life I've been holding on to this mm-hmm. stuff in like this very like shame driven way right and like mm-hmm. and just being able to just like talk about it and then just have this like crazy like outpouring of support where it's just like this is so cool dude this is yeah. so cool like being able to like and I'm like people like are like they they think that this is cool and that, that, that they think i'm cool and that like this is just awesome and that like i i don't have to feel as bad about this anymore i don't have to like you know like i can really kind of like f- start to like give up a lot of that and i think that that's been another thing that's been really like almost like therapeutic for me in a way yeah, right, right. Like a <laughs>
1: therapy in public <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is
0: You just you're just like talking about your life dude and like yeah. just getting getting inputs from people right mm-hmm. and like i've definitely been like I've had a very interesting journey on LinkedIn because like yeah. earlier, earlier, like I used to be like, like obsessed. Like I was like, especially like in be- the beginning of the summer, like mm-hmm. there was at one point like in the summer, especially like in like, or, like late May to early June, yeah. I was averaging five posts a day, right? Wow. I was doing five posts a day. Yeah. Like, so there was like, cause like over, so, so far, like I've done uh, since, since, since the beginning of January, I've done 450 posts. Right. Which is an average of about two and a half a day. Yeah, that's right? insane. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, like, but there was definitely like in, in that time, like in like late May or early June, I was like, wow, dude, I was, I was posting way too much, way <laughs> too much. That was like, and I, and, but that was a big thing I realized is that it's not about like, it's not about quality quantity it is definitely about quality it's about like really creating content that people care about right and that like people will like stop scrolling for right that's the whole idea is like if you can create content that makes people like you know like stop and actually read like then you're doing doing it. you're doing great like and uh and that's that was and that's when i kind of scaled back now now i'm probably i'm pretty consistent now i'm pretty consistent at like two posts a day yeah. actually like and like we're, we're one of them a lot of times will like be like a reshare or will be something else though like when i'm being when i have like a lot of things on my plate then I'll i'll just i always do at least one high quality post a day sometimes yeah. i can squeeze out two but like if i can't squeeze out two i usually do like a reshare or like or you know or a poll but like yeah. i don't know polls <laughs> people p- people have very strong opinions about polls though and like i and so that's why i i, I try to minimize those mm-hmm. i because most like every time i post a poll people are like you need to quit posting polls <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, engagement. yeah yeah it's like it's so it, polls are broken dude they're yeah. so broken like every time i post a poll i'm like oh thanks for the two hundred thousand views okay <laughs> great and i'm like low effort 200k views right and it's like it's so nuts like <laughs> like yeah. uh, um, yeah, it's like having that good balance is is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah, you so you mentioned you don't optimize just for number of followers. Now, mm-hmm. what is your goal on sharing on LinkedIn?
0: Yeah, I I mean my goal is a couple things, right? I, I think, think one of my goals is like just kind of share my knowledge and just share like and to teach people like an just ed- kind of education goal of like having people like come back to my content and be like wow I learned a lot wow this was this is this is interesting like because I, w- I want people to, to i want people to like kind of learn things from me in a couple different ways right i want to be able to have them learn like yeah i can be a better engineer by following Zach like i can like actually learn how to do these things better like i want like that kind of thing like, kind of like from a technical perspective I also think that there's like an inspiration perspective because like i think a lot of people in tech right they kind of like have this underlying assumption that they're like tech is not a very sustainable career, right? That they're like, I don't know if I can do this for 30 years or 40 years. Like, I don't think it can, like, I'm going to burn out. I'm not, it's too much. Like, it's a lot of effort, right? Yeah. And like, and I think that like, the another thing that I want to do is I want to inspire people and, and help people understand that like, you can do that and that it is possible and that like, you can live a very fulfilling awesome life and work in tech right and not just like give your life to the company or like you know get burnt out or do those things in life and and then if you do you can bounce back from it you can always bounce back because that's a big thing that i try to teach as well is just around like resilience right and being able to be like yeah like i've i've been through hard times and i've gotten through them and i've seen better days like and now I, and now i'm seeing really good days right and um and like you can always like you bounce, bouncing back and like really persisting and like being able to like get through that kind of stuff I think is super important that is like uh that stuff is like and, and that's and I'd say that's my main goal on LinkedIn is that like I think uh and 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 what the kind of the uh the metrics that I look at more because followers is not one that I look at like what well, a big thing that I look at And I, and really I want to LinkedIn to give me the freaking actual data for this. And like, I learned that like, even like the analytics apps that I pay for can't give me this data is that like, I want to see like who is consistently engaging with my content. Is there, is there a group of people of like, you know, let's say I have like 70,000 followers. Is there like a hundred people who are like they like like more than half of my stuff, yeah. right? Or something like that, like I would love that content. I'd love it yeah. if like, if the $2 trillion Microsoft company could give me that data, I would love it, right? It's <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's not that much to ask, come on. Like, I think that like, it would be able, it would make LinkedIn so much better because you could have all these like audience insights, right? Yeah. And be able to like, then like create like these kind of different like groups of people and like being like, then you could create like these like subgroups and like all these, there's so many things that could happen if I had more analytics, right? and like. You get, you get some of the analytics apps help a little bit but like linkedin needs to deliver more on that too as well yeah. <laughs> and so that's a big thing for me that was like really kind of optimizing for depth right and so the way that i kind of look at that metric of like how many people are consistently engaging with my content is more from like it's more from a gut perspective where I, I see a lot of the same faces. I see a lot of the same people come yeah. through, right? And I see like, oh wow, these people really like me, right? And mm-hmm. like, when, and when I, I kind of see those same faces, and that's the thing that really sparks sparks joy for me is like, wow, these people like care a lot, dude. This yeah. is like, this is like my family, dude. This is crazy. It's <laughs> yeah. like my LinkedIn fam, like, and like kind of building that, like, and optimizing for that. That is what I care about the most, right? Yeah. Is that and like, um because the follower count is like someone just clicked follow at one point and they might not even be a real account. Like I've always thought about that. I think that like, like one or 2% of my followers aren't real. (laughs) Yeah. Like they're not like, they're, they're those, like there's all those spam bots and everything as well. Right. So like, that's why it's a lot of you got to take the follower number with a grain of salt, for sure. Like <laughs> yeah.
1: So for someone who also wants to grow an audience or build a personal brand on LinkedIn by sharing stories or career advice, mm-hmm. what's your um, advice for them? Uh,
0: big thing. The number one piece of advice there is consistency. Just showing up, like preferably at the same time every day or just at least every day Mm -hmm. like um, weekends you can probably take a break on weekends if you want i like weekends because like i like posting on weekends because there's less competition right and that like i like i feel that like i actually get like the engagements a little bit less but at the same time, like I feel like I don't have to try as hard on the oh, weekends. Interesting. Never right? thought about it. Yeah, because like there's not as like there's just not nearly a lot. A lot of people just don't post on the weekends at all, right? And uh, that's another reason why I kind of post at night as well. Is like that's one of the things that's interesting about it is that like if you post in the morning, everyone's on in the morning, and that's why when everyone's like post at nine in the morning, right? that's the that's the perfect time to post, right? But like the one of the things about that is that like you're also competing with everyone else, right? Like you're competing with so many other people and like you might have a different time slot where you can like, where uh, there's not as many creators that are pushing out content and then that puts you higher in the feed because there's kind of that recency bias in the feed as well. Um, And so, but yeah, the big thing though is consistency. That like stick with it, try to stick with it for at least 90 days. I think after 90 days, if you can post 90 pieces of content uh, by the nine, and by the ninetieth day, you will, you will probably feel motivated enough to keep doing it, mm-hmm. like. Uh, but it can also be challenging, especially when you're early on and like, uh, you're trying to build that network and trying to get that engagement. Like, but then once you get, once you hit a critical mass, I think like a critical mass of like five to 10,000 followers, when you get to that point, it's, it becomes a lot easier because then your audience will, like, you can start asking your audience what, 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 what they want from you. Yeah. Right. And like, I mean, I, I do that too. Like I've, I've made a lot of polls about that, about like, okay, like, what should I talk about? What, the, what, 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 do I, what do people care about? Like, for, for example, one of the things I, I did was like, I asked about like, what kind of content my audience wants, whether they want a course, they want a podcast, or they want like youtube videos. Mm-hmm. That was those those are my three choices that I gave people. And um and like everyone wants a course, dude. They want a course and I'm like, yeah, I need to give a, I need to do that. That's yeah. like it was like yeah, it was insane, but it gave me a lot of good insight on like what what people actually care about cuz I actually had no idea. Like I was like this could be a 50-50 thing or this could be split like exactly down the middle, like I have no idea. Yeah. And so like you can learn from your audience, especially once you build up to that, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what's so amazing about LinkedIn too is just like, if you could just be consistent for a little while, then you can have an audience. And then like, then that audience will just grow itself essentially if you just keep being consistent. And um, yeah, that's a big thing. I think another big thing is like, be vulnerable, be authentic, be yourself. Mm-hmm. Those things are also super important. I think uh, other things that are important are like, stay in like a lane, right? Don't don't try to like, like uh, and what I mean by that is like, try to like, have can not just consistency in how much content you're producing, but consistency in your content as well and that don't don't try to like like try to like have seven different brand things like for example, for me I, I have two right I'm consistency I talk about data edge and I talk about mental health. That's those are my two things I talk about very consistently in those two buckets. So I like very rarely talk about other things. I do, and when I talk about other things, the post does poorly,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: and like I'm always like, wow, like people really like when it's not on brand. Like people are like, no, mm. thumbs down. Like no, Zach, that content sucks. Like, and I'm like, okay, like I understand LinkedIn tough crowd. Like, <laughs> 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 like, uh, and so that's why like staying on brand is important and like figuring out what that brand is is that can be challenging especially like um like for different people like that's always like especially if you're early in your career it's also can be good like i think that like posting about like learning and posting about like what you're learning and what you're growing into and stuff like that i mean i have i'm i'm connected with someone on linkedin who has 10,000 followers and she's in high school all right like, and it's like On LinkedIn, right? And she's in high school and has 10,000 followers. And the the reason is because, like, she posts a lot about, like, mindset and growth and, like, learning and stuff like that. That's, like, her brand is, like, those, is that bucket. And, like, and she does really well and, like, And and because a lot of people think like, oh, on LinkedIn, to be successful on LinkedIn, you have to be like, you know, you have to work at Fang for five years and then you can talk about your war stories about like, yeah, I worked on all these big data pipelines and they were
1: great, (laughs) right?
0: (laughs) And like, but it's not like that. It's not like that. Like you can, uh, you can also, everyone has wisdom. Every, you know, every single person on earth knows something that you don't know, right? And, uh, and, and so that means that, you know, stuff that a lot of people don't know. And that's where you're like, that's figuring out what that is, is, is the, is the part that i think is like the if you can figure that out then you're well on your way to being successful Like,
1: (laughs) i can say that's great advice also based on my um, linkedin journey so um before we wrap up i want to ask you what is something you're excited about the future
0: oh yeah the future oh there's a lot there i think one of the things i would say like at least i'll talk about a couple different buckets there because like i think that like that that's a very broad question but like i think in like the data space. The data space is an example of one that I think is one of the things that I'm very excited by is the whole concept of like data portability, right? Where like you can uh, like, and I think that like that whole, like there's gonna be like some more standards around that. like. Like, for example, like, uh, you know, like you have Facebook data, LinkedIn data, you have all these different data sets that like, like, because one of the things like, for example, like with Netflix, right, uh, you have your Netflix data, and then they give you all these really nice personalized recommendations be- based on your data, right? And like, one of the things that I think is going to happen with data portability is, uh, it's going to actually make it more competitive, because then Netflix is going to have to give you all the data. And then the, the, I think eventually there'll actually be standards where like, it'll have to be all the data that they use to make your recommendations. And then that data could be used by a competitor to then, so then you could like essentially work, like you could go and like start another, competitor or another company that like uh does stuff that like does recommendation stuff but you're not starting like you're a new customer you're starting because like you they already they can learn your preferences from like the other platforms right and then like you can have like this interesting kind of holistic view of the world right because you have like these standards of like how this data works because like i think that that is a very very exciting thing that is going to be like a lot of that is like uh kind of like exciting but also kind of like hard to be super excited by because most of that is like based around like laws right laws have to change right Mm -hmm. that's the only because like those companies have no incentive to do that right the only way it works is if laws change that's why things like gdpr and ccpa and like these new like data laws Mm -hmm. are i think they're a step in the right direction but i think that uh they can get even better right and that like um and that there'll be another like round of these things and that like eventually like your data like you're going to be, it's not going to feel like Facebook is like the gatekeeper on your data. Like you'll have like, uh, you'll have more and more control over the data that you that are, that's about you. Right. And that like, you'll be like the the main controller of that data. Right. And I think that like, eventually the future will be that way. Like, I mean, it might take a long time, like 20, 30 years, but in my, I think eventually we're going to get there. Uh, that's something I find very exciting. Some other things that I find very exciting are like, around like, like mental health, for example. I think the thing in mental health that I think is really exciting is like uh, that that people just seem to be way more accepting, right? And they seem to be like, uh, it's something that like doesn't seem as like stigmatized as it used to, right? And that like, that is a thing that like, I hope keeps, keeps going down that route. Like, because ultimately what I would want to see with mental health, right? Is that like mental health has equal footing with physical health. Right, yeah. that like if you are having a bad mental health day, that like people treat it the same as like if you like I don't know like like you broke your arm or something mm-hmm. like that, like that like that they're both serious, right? That like yeah. it's a physical health and mental health are like they need to be treated at the same level, right? That that they have the same level of severity and like the same level of like uh you know uh, respect and all that all those stuff because uh I, we're not there yet, or I we're mean, definitely that is still pretty far away, but I think that ultimately that that will be the future which i think is really great because like if we can get there then people will like i don't know maybe like not like because like, you know have, you're supposed to have like your annual wellness checkup right and they like check your body and they check like okay like uh, you know they check your heart they check your lungs like but you know what they don't check they don't check your brain <laughs> they don't check your brain at all yeah. isn't that strange that they don't check your brain right and like i think that like if like we can get to a society where that's the way like where like people do do regular like mental health checkups and um you know and they like are able to do those things i think that that's going to be wonderful that's like going to be so wonderful it's it's really exciting times that we live in like like there's gonna be so much innovation in like not just in tech but also like in like society and mm-hmm. culture and like these other areas that are just you can see them changing like you can see it like you can see it happening before your eyes it's pretty wonderful actually and like i think that uh that's gonna continue to be better and we're gonna have a very bright future ahead of us it's gonna be so good i'm yeah. so excited <laughs> yeah, that would be
1: awesome and what is the future of data engineering
0: yeah so data engineering that's a good one like uh there's a couple of different pushes right like some people, like if you talk with them, they say that like the future of data engineering is streaming. They say that like everyone, everything's going to be streaming eventually. I think that that is not going to be the case. Actually, like I think that there will always be a mixture of stream and batch processing. That there will always be both, yeah. but that like more like there'll be more adoption adoption of streaming. Yeah, I'll, I agree with that. I mean, I've I've even written some streaming pipelines. Like I agree that like streaming is going to probably take up a bigger share of the pipelines but like it like for example like if you need to do a 90-day history you're never going to do that in streaming ever like ever like because it's just too much data like it's not going to happen like you're not going to pump that through flink you're not going to do that but like so streaming is a big thing i think another big thing is that data engineering is just going to get easier like generally it's just going to get easier because like uh you have these new companies like snowflake and firebolt and BigQuery, you know from google and you have like where like you can do all the big data things just with SQL. Like it's like essentially like we've come full circle, right? Where like we did like relational databases like in the nineties and the early two thousands and then like We're like oh wow that doesn't scale and then we go to like like hadoop and teradata and like it gets all crazy complicated for like 10 years yeah and now now we're like now we're back we're just back to SQL, right because now we're like oh yeah now we can do SQL, but it's distributed Mm -hmm. right and like we solved all like the complex technical problems behind the scenes that make it so that like it's just an abstraction layer again that makes it easy so i think that that's another thing that's going to happen is that like the the barrier to entry to being a good data engineer is actually going to be lowered. And that like, um, it might even generate another title. There might be some more, you know, titles out there where like, you know, there's like data engineer, analytics engineer, all these different titles out there. And I think that like, that's going to be another thing that will happen is that the, the titles will get, um, there'll be more of them as well. Like, and I think that it will also make it so like, like data analysts, I think, will be able to do a lot more data engineering work mm. because it, it's just it'll be easier. It won't be like, oh yeah, learn this thing for 9 months and then you you can be you know, you can start being a data engineer. It's like, yeah. no, you can learn this thing in like a week and then you can start writing pipelines. Like I worked with Snowflake for a while, right? And Snowflake is so easy, it's so easy. Like yeah. and like, I was like, wow, this is like a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's very easy to write pipelines in Snowflake. Yeah. Like, and so you don't have to like learn Scala. You don't have to learn like anything like crazy technical, right? And mm. yeah, that I think that's a that's a thing. I think. Um,
1: Do you think yeah. with the tools making it very easy for people to build pipelines, and data mm-hmm. analysts, data scientists, software can build pipelines, mm-hmm. and they will replace the data engineers?
0: I think that like uh, that could potentially happen. Like, it, it's interesting because like, you could also argue that like there's, uh you know, there's things in the data science space that make modeling a lot easier yeah. too, right? And it's like, is that what's, <laughs> are, is data science gonna be replaced and then data engineer's the one that's gonna win, right? And it's like, I think that they're all gonna kind of stick around because yeah. they're all kind of specializing in different ways, right? And that like all the titles will still kind of hang around because mainly because right now, I think, and especially, I think probably for the next 15 years at least is that like we're still just so under utilizing data right yeah. data is still like we are still at the brink of it like i think like you know the whole like like i think we're maybe like five to ten percent of the way uh to utilizing all the data that we generate it's like yeah. a very like like we're doing very poor job at utilizing the data that we have and so like that's where like the number of jobs and the number of like people that we need to do this stuff, it's just going to keep growing. It's going to keep growing. It's still like the fat, it's like the fastest growing jobs in the country are like these data jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that like, at least in the, in the, the medium to even longish term like the next like but not the super long term but the medium to long term i think that like all the jobs are just going to keep growing and they're going to keep growing really quickly like i don't know what's going to happen in 20 years i have no idea because that's a very far away but like uh at least in the short term i think they're all gonna be able to uh grow pretty quickly right um it'll be interesting though i think that that's a that's a very interesting question for sure <laughs> i don't really believe in that <laughs> but i just want to ask yeah. and see, uh oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure
1: yeah so okay now you have uh this green screen uh, green mm-hmm. screen build at home you start uh-huh. to producing videos yeah um what what are uh more some contents you're you're building
0: yeah so right now i've just been like i want to like initially i want to just get in the habit of like of of shooting a video like like so i normally do about two posts on uh, on linkedin every day right so what i want to do is i want to replace one of those posts with a video Mm -hmm. and that's what initially what i want to do is i want to do 50 50 video and text i want to do half and half right so that like then i can kind of like learn a little bit more i've been noodling on like doing like youtube stuff as well and trying to figure out like how to like create some good like educational stuff Mm -hmm. to like i want I need to like get into like green screen editing. That's like the next step for me is like, I need to see how to do that stuff And Once I do green screen editing, I think that that's where it's gonna really, my eyes are gonna light up because I, I am working on like a course right now mm-hmm. and like building like a course outline. And I know I'm gonna need to make a lot of video content to yeah. like do that course. And I wanna make that content like, cause one of the things that like I've I've noticed about courses just in general, like I've taken a bunch of like Udemy courses just to like see what other people are producing, right? Is like like, almost everyone's course is just them like sharing their screen and walking through code right and it's so boring right it's so boring it does not keep me engaged it does not keep me engaged at all and then like i go through like maybe five percent of the course and then i'm like yeah i'm not gonna go through this course it's painful right and so like i'm hoping to like one of the things that I think is the future with content, especially like this technical content is this, this whole idea of, have you ever heard of edutainment? Yes. Yeah, Edutainment, I yeah. edutainment. I want to create edutainment videos, yeah. right? Likewise. We're, yeah. 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 <laughs> edutainment, I think is yeah. like, I think that's also a big future. And that's one of the reasons why I got into like, uh, got the green screen. I got like, I got one of these like selfie lamps, like nice. you got over here. It's like a big one though. I got a huge one. Ooh. And, uh, and, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Right, is That's so exciting! Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm like so happy to like it's in my room now. So like yeah. every day I wake up, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to make more videos. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so great. Yeah. So I'm so
1: excited. So, um, it's so awesome to have you on the show, Zach. I mm-hmm. learned so much about data engineering, your career, work life mm-hmm. balance, and content creation from you. So, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you online?
0: Uh, I'd say LinkedIn is probably the best one right now. Like, there's also ZachWilson.Tech. That's mm-hmm. another, uh, that's where my, like, my online blog is. Uh, you can also search for Exactly, which is E C Z A C H L <laughs> Y. That is like, if you search that, you'll find everything. You'll find my Instagram. You'll find my Facebook. You'll find everything. That's like, that's what my brand is. Um, and so, yeah, those, those are the main ways to find me. I'm going to be making a YouTube channel soon, but I should have made it before this. Yay. But Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Yes, show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Yes, because I'm going to create it before this is published. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's awesome. I'm looking forward to uh, watching your entertainment video.
0: Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be so great.
1: Cool. Thank you, Zach.